Betting 360, your number one source for horse racing and sports betting insights with another expert interview to give you the winning edge. Hello and welcome to Champion Bets Podcast. I'm your host, Shane Adair. He's a hipster, he's a fashionista, and lucky for us, he's an Adelaide hipster. It's Aaron Barbie. I spoke to Aaron about his background into racing and wagering and the new service he's providing through Champion Bets. So get out your bow ties, your ironic moustaches, and enjoy my chat with Adelaide form guru, Aaron Barbie. Betting 360, punting from all angles. What's well, a big hello and welcome to Aaron Barbie to the Champion Bets podcast. Hello, Aaron. Hi, Shane. Thanks for joining me, mate. Um, you're new to Champion Bets, obviously, and we've got you on today to have a quick chat about your history into wagering and racing and uh, what you have for Champion Bets subscribers. So uh, for people who don't know, tell us a little bit about the Aaron Barbie story. Um, yeah, I, I'll, I'll might as well start at the beginning. Um, grew up here. Yeah, grew up in a family full of you know mug punters and uh, industry workers. For example, like my dad and uncles worked for John Maher like in the early eighties, uh, sorry late eighties, early nineties when I was a kid. And um, my nana was probably a big influence on me. I never went to school on Melbourne Cup Day. I always went to her place. Um, she'd put bets on for me and let me use her phone account. I think I was still in primary school when I'd call up the tab by myself, put on a deep voice, and you know put my own bets on. <laughs> um, and I've probably been tipping from a from a pretty young age uh, as the kid in the class who is into horse racing. You know, I'd be offering my opinions around spring carnival time. Um, and I remember one time, actually, my old man trained a small team of horses at Musselbrook for years. I think I was in, like, year eight, and he had a first starter. He thought he'd win and tipped it to the year coordinator, and it lobbed. And he loved me from then on. You know, I'd get sent to his office for doing something wrong, and he'd just say, you know, no worries, go get me a box of tissues or something from the office. You can go out to class. Like, I was getting special treatment after that. So, yeah. Started early. Uh, very good. So uh, I've done a little bit of digging around your background, and uh, I believe you may have spent a little bit of time at Humbleton. So for people who don't know about Humbleton, could you tell us a little bit about that and your time there? Yep. Uh, so Humbleton was uh, is Jelko Renadjacek's form analysis company. Him and his syndicate of funders. Uh, it's now known as Data Processors, actually. But um, I was there for seven years. Um, it was funny, I was, I was employee of the year once as well, but I never actually met Jelko. You didn't do the walk around on, um, didn't do the walk around at Christmas parties or anything or, uh, shaking the staff's hand? No. Never saw him and I was there for seven years, but, um, yeah, so he's, he's very elusive. Um, uh, I mostly did post race analysis for French Gallops when I was there, but, you know, I also did a bit of, um, Japanese pre race stuff, did a bit of US, UK, even dabbled in Singapore, South Korea, Swedish trucks even. They're, uh, they're dead all over the world, not just Australia. And it's a funny place. They're, they're very secretive, you know, a bit paranoid. Yeah, um, yeah. They keep the form guys separate from the data guys and the betting guys. You know, the left hand doesn't know what the right hand's doing kind of thing. But, um, yeah, it's a great place to work, and I've learned a lot there, yeah. So did your time at Humbleton influence the way you do the form now for Adelaide Racing? Yeah, 100%. Like, it's a, it's a massive influence. Um, obviously, I've tweaked it. You know, I've got my own style, and a lot of things are subjective, but... I still do the form in, in the same manner in which I was taught by them. Um, like, I was a complete nutty before I started there. I knew nothing, really. I was just another Saturday warrior with the best bets in my pocket, you know. But, like, it's all about advantage there, you know, like verified times, pace and bias analysis, video watching. Uh, and when assessing, like, a horse's previous run, they, they made a big deal about obviousness versus merit. Um, and this has really stuck with me. So, like, you know, in order to be positive on a horse, if it's come first, 
it will have had a shown a lot more than a horse, you know, that's finished fourth, for example, which is less obvious. And, and the same goes for the opposite. When they're being negative on a runner, it basically had to be a last start place getter. So, yeah, I follow a lot of the principles that I learned there. Well, that's very good for all the uh, Champion Bet subscribers, thing you've learned from the best. So hopefully we can, uh, people who sign up will land a few winners the uh, Zelco way. We've got you on here to do Adelaide Racing through Champion Bets. Could you tell us some of the uh, key differences between the two metro tracks? We've got Morpherville and Morpherville Parks, and people might be new to Adelaide Racing. And with Adelaide Racing.com coming on board, it's opening up a new audience. So would you be able to tell the difference, what you see between the two metro tracks in Adelaide? Yeah, well, um, uh, it's common opinion that the Parks track, which is the inner track, uh, favours on-pace runners more than the main track. You know, the bigger, yep, definitely the bigger one. I would agree. With um, that. But I like it. It's not always the case. I don't think I wouldn't let it influence the way you would you do form too much there. You know, I'd probably favour on pace runners no matter where I'm betting. You know, uh, what I will say is I was just looking at my bias notes from this year for each track and just wanted to give kind of a snapshot. Um, and keep in mind this is for a variety of different rail positions and track conditions, but it's just you know a bit of a snapshot. Uh, the Morfordville Main Track they raced 17 times there I think this year. And I thought there was no bias, and the track played fair on 10 occasions. And I can be pretty aggressive with my bias marking, so I think, you know, this is an indication of how well the track has been playing. So, you know, with more football main track, I think you can go into most meetings there thinking it's most likely to play fairly and the pace will be the biggest influence. But with the Parks track, the alleged leaders track, I've raced there 18 times. On six occasions, I've said that there was some form of on-pace bias. Okay, okay. But um, actually, on, on 10 of these 18, 18 occasions, I've noticed that the inside section is inferior, whether it's just hard rail or whether it's a stronger bias where it's a few or more lanes. So with that inside track, even though it's you know meant to be on pace, I'd be wary of backing horses that map on the fence there. It's not always the case, but, um, for example, leader leaders back in the run, the last two meetings there haven't won a race, zero from 16. You would think leader leaders back's a pretty good spot. You would, yeah. So maybe it's a... Maybe that's, maybe that's, maybe that's just this particular rail position. It's going to be the same rail position each time and same kind of track condition. But um, they've each got their little idiosyncrasies, but it's good on you know. Yeah, well, I tend to find my personal punting there that uh, horses tend to find a little bit more trouble at the parks, whether that's a, for the tighter circumference a little bit. Yeah, more the main track's definitely, yes, yes, exactly. But yeah, the main track's definitely been playing very fairly this year. So uh, now we've figured out that the parks is maybe slightly leaderish and the main track isn't. What jockeys and trainers should we be following now we're uh, engrossed into the Adelaide form? You know, my favourite jockey or, or trainers, you know, who have got me my last winner usually, but um, I think uh, Jamie Carr's an obvious one. I think she's going to be <laughs> reading. Yeah, I've read she's going to be setting some records this year. Um, yeah, she goes okay. Yeah, and also I think uh, Will Clarkin yeah, 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 has been doing really well lately. And um, who, who, else is a, who else is a bit of a jet over there? Uh, Daryl Carrison at Port Lincoln. Watch out for him at Port Lincoln. There's, uh, there's one for people that might not. It might not watch South Australian racing often, but yeah, if you're betting at Port Lincoln, definitely keep an eye on Daryl's runners. I'll probably throw in uh, Huxtable in the apprentice ranks. I think he's uh, quite an accomplished rider and probably one to look forward to the future as well. Yeah, he's doing a good job. So we've got you across here. We've pinched you from the now defunct one to follow. Um, would you like to tell the listeners out there what kind of record you actually had at one to follow? Because it was quite impressive. Yeah, I did my best there. Um, I was doing the Adelaide tips for them from May 2016 through to June 2017, and I was about uh, plus 9% profit on turnover. So you're hoping to bring that same consistency to champion bets. 
No, that's fantastic. I mean, uh, I mean, most pros are aiming even for less than that. So, uh, you know, we can all just subscribe to Aaron Barbie and then we'll be uh, in bow ties and uh, looking dapper like you in your Twitter profile picture, mate. Yeah, that's, that's the plan. That's the plan anyway. That's right. I'm starting to grow my uh, ironic hipster moustache already. <laughs> looking forward to seeing a photo, mate. <laughs> so uh, I thought I'd change up the podcast a little bit and uh, I've got a segment called Inside the Bagman's Bag. So I think I need a jingle for this little bit, but uh, okay. we'll have to work on that during the week. <laughs> yeah. So uh, Aaron Barbie, here we go, inside the bagman's bag. Longest priced winner, where and when? It's hard to say exactly, but a memorable one would be Equiano in the Kingstown Stakes in 2008. That was a really good result for me. I think he had speed like 20 to 1, but he started much longer on the Australian Toast. Takeover target was in the race. Um, he ended up running second, so like there was massive advantage betting against him. I think Equiano ended up paying over forty dollars on the totes. So um, yeah, that was a good one. I was relatively new to Humbleton at the time, and I'd done his previous run at Chantier. You know, he was edged out with a margin of third in a strong race. It was a bit of a textbook black booker, and yeah, he got the result, and that gave me a lot of confidence going forward. That was a good one. So you, so you were the only bloke in Australia cheering <laughs> take over targets lost. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, it's probably the most un-Australian thing I've heard. <laughs> you can't be too patriotic in this game, I suppose. No, not with the punts calling. Every winner's a winner. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, other than Nana, who's the biggest <laughs> biggest influence in wagering, either past or present? Yeah, Nana, Nana and Hamilton were huge. Um, but I'd say Steve Fletcher, meeting, meeting Steve, was pretty huge for me. Um, he's obviously a well-respected and notorious punter in Australia. Uh, he's a real genius with numbers and look it's all well and good knowing how to do the form but you know being a winning punter is another thing altogether and he just knows how to read a market and he knows so many other professional punters he's got a great net- network so you know working with him definitely helped complete my punting education and I'd also probably mention Paul Daly I use his ratings to win database so that's influencing me currently you know because I'm using ratings to win so that's, um, that's a good one as well yeah So uh, what work did you do with Stephen Fletcher at the time? Oh, mate, I was just uh, sitting, sitting alongside him and trying to, trying to help him out, steer him into a winner or two while, while picking up a few, few pearls along the way. Yeah, he's just got his little office in Sydney there. He's just, he's just doing his best. Yeah, he's just a battler, Steve. Yeah, he's such a battler, that guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, favourite track? Uh, Kingscote, Kangaroo Island. I love it. There's an, on, there's an on-pace track. Is it, uh, would you say more on-pace than uh, Port Augusta? Maybe... Not currently. It's been, it's been pretty crazy <laughs> the last few meetings. The inside's just a conveyor belt. But, um, you know, they only race there twice a year in February. And I look forward to it every year. It's beautiful. Get your speed maps out and, uh, yeah, get ready. So look out for the Barbie Black Bookers for uh, Kangaroo Island coming up soon then. Yeah, only only six months away. Hang in there. Yeah, that's right. Start prepping now. That's right. Honourable <laughs> mention to Claire as well. That'd be my second favourite. Claire. <laughs> as you said, there's a bit of a theme here. They're all backwater. South Australian tracks. Yeah, that's right. Barbie's got the edge in yeah. country South Australian racing. Favourite horse? I, I don't know, mate. My last significant winner. I don't really play favourites. Currently a big fan of Eigelstein, who ran second at a nice nice place price in the first at uh, Morfield Parks on Saturday. A little bit of Port Augusta form there for the uh, listeners. Yes. Yeah, you've got to watch that Port Augusta form. Yeah, you do. Favourite jockey? See previous answer. I know, Gemma Frew. Gemma Frew's in my good books after her ride on the Bronx in the last at Port Augusta on Sunday. And final question, this will probably be uh, (laughs) hard-hitting. If you had a DeLorean and could go back to young Aaron Barbie when he was punting with Nana, what kind of advice would you give him about punting? 
going forward? I'd say start specialising in South Australian gallops sooner. <laughs> you're a true salesman, Aaron. Fantastic. And uh, so could you tell us a little bit about the products that you're going to offer Champion Bets listeners? Yep, so it'll be a full Saturday set, uh, so an analysis for each race with the speed map, comments, 100% market and um, suggested bets. And then there'll also be selected midweek tips as well. You might not get anything when it's a heavy ten at Panola. Yes, okay. But um, I will be delving into every meeting in South Australia and hopefully uh, picking out a few a few good ones during the week for us as well. Well, I've seen what you put on social media, mate, and uh, some of the tips have been nothing short of sensational, so I couldn't highly recommend you enough. Thanks, mate. Yeah, that, that, that mail might dry up a little bit now. <laughs> well, yeah, you can direct message me. We'll just, say, we'll just save it for the subscribers. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, thank you very much for your time, Aaron. Good luck with your new venture, and I believe you're up and running this Saturday. Is that correct? Yes, this Saturday is the first first one. Okay, so you can go to championbets.com.au, and all the information will be on there about Aaron and the services that he's providing. So I'd like to thank Aaron for my very first podcast, and hopefully we. I haven't got the sack after this, and hopefully you haven't either. No, thanks, Shane. I think we nailed it. Excellent. Thanks for your time, mate. Anyone I'd like to see on the podcast or feedback, don't hesitate to contact myself on email at shane at championbets.com.au or on the Twitter handle at BeatTheBagman. Any feedback is always greatly appreciated. Get more in-depth analysis, tips, and that betting edge by heading over to championbets.com.au. Thanks for tuning in to Betting 360.